the multi-talented Connor, who just moves from instrument to instrument. Uh, we're blessed to have him and uh, his lady friend Lizzie with us uh, tonight. Thank you for blessing us and our special musicians who have uh, joined us here as well. Well, many with us tonight have been praying for the day that we would have a lead pastor here at our church. That day is coming. But in the absence of that pastor, uh, tonight you're going to hear a message that was actually preached by Greg Laurie, a pastor in Southern California. Many of you may know who he is. I've known Greg for several years, and uh, annually he hosts an incredibly effective stadium event where thousands of people come to Christ. He released a book a few years ago titled Red. It is a collection of his favorite uh, Christmas messages, and tonight you're actually going to hear one of the messages from his book. Well, somewhat edited. And uh, our Advent theme is tonight is the theme of hope, and I would like to share his message that explains how eternal hope is found only in the name that is above all names. It is titled, What's in a Name? Wrote Greg. I heard a story about a guy who got stuck with the last name of Odd. Imagine going through life with a name like that. Oh, so your last name is Odd. That's odd. Hey, you're kind of odd, aren't you? He just hated it. He actually gave instructions that upon his death, nothing was to be written on his tombstone. He just couldn't bear the idea of people walking through the cemetery, seeing his last name, and continuing to say, that's odd. Honoring his wishes, they gave him a blank tombstone, an unusual thing. People walking through the cemetery would notice that featureless piece of granite. But sure enough, they would say, that's odd. What's in a name? Well, it all depends on what your name is. If you've gone through life with a name that you actually didn't appreciate, you know that names can really make a difference. In the Old Testament, a man with the name of Jabez, which means pain, used his name to cry out to God for a special message of blessing. And the Lord actually answered his request. Most people, however, don't actually have the faith of Jabez. One psychiatrist actually studied the names of some 15,000 juvenile delinquents and discovered that those with odd or embarrassing names were in trouble four times as much as others. With the passing of time, certain names became popular. A couple of generations ago, names like Bob and Charles were quite popular. The top names for girls right now, at least a few years ago, when Greg wrote this, are Abigail, Emily, Madison, Chloe, Ava, Olivia, Isabella, and Sophia. The most popular names for boys are Logan, Lucas, Noah, Ethan, Jaden, Jacob, Liam, Mason, Jackson, and Aiden. And then there are those parents who have interesting last names and then decide to give their child a funny first name. And these are actually for real. Like Chris B. Bacon, Jean Poole, Douglas Fur, Alba Tross, Anita Hug, Bia Clown, and Cookie Cutter. Well, in biblical days, however, names really meant something. For instance, Isaac and Rebecca's firstborn was named Esau. And his name means Harry. And that's what he was when he came out of the womb. His twin brother came out after him, hanging on to Esau's heel. They named that boy Jacob, which means heel catcher. In 1 Samuel, the wife of one of the priests gave birth to a baby in great distress when the news came that the Philistines had stolen the Ark of the Covenant. 
And she named her baby Ichabod, meaning the glory has departed. Well, now we come to the most important name of all, the name that was given to our Lord when the angel Gabriel visited Mary and told her she was going to bring forth a son. Here's the story. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Jesus Christ is the name above all names. It is a name of great power. Just say it sometime. Say it out loud. Say it in a crowded or a noisy room. People might be all around you. But when you say the name Jesus Christ, or in the name of Jesus Christ, you'll be heard all over the room. People will turn to look. Conversations will stop. The Bible says that one day at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In Isaiah chapter 9, we read a prophecy of the Lord's birth and of the names or titles that he would be given. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful. Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom. Jesus Christ existed long before Bethlehem. As one of the Trinity, he always existed and has no beginning or end. The birth of our Lord was not when he began his existence. It merely was his entrance on to planet earth. Well, each of the names or titles for Jesus recorded in this book of Isaiah give us an insight not only into who he is, but also into the purpose of God for each one of us. Think of these names like five gifts under your tree that God has for you. His name will be called Wonderful. Well, this takes care of the dullness of life. Bertrand Russell once claimed that at least half of the sins of mankind were caused by the fear of boredom. Well, probably the number one thing under most of our Christmas trees this year will be something electronic, perhaps an iPhone or an iPad or a Kindle or an Xbox. Most cutting-edge electronic devices, though, are going to be outdated almost from the moment that they leave the shelf. The gifts we have under the tree are metaphors for life itself saying, in effect, there is nothing this world has to offer that will fill the void in our lives. No matter what you have, no matter what you are able to buy, it will never satisfy you, at least not for long. Psychologist David Greenfield said, our culture is about distraction, numbing oneself. There is no self-reflection, no sitting still. It's absolutely exhausting. God is the only one who will satisfy the emptiness and the deep-down longing for something we can't even put words to. The scriptures remind us to be still and to know that he is God. Despite all of the passing things of this world that will not last, there is Jesus, and he is wonderful. His very name is Wonder. Every year at Christmas, we open gifts, and sometimes, frankly, we're a little disappointed. Maybe we'll be disappointed by the reactions of those to whom we've given gifts. 
We hoped our gifts would be hits, but oftentimes they are misses, and we see that look of disappointment. But God is never a letdown. God is wonderful. Our awesome God takes care of the dullness of our lives. Medical science seeks to add years to your life, but only Jesus Christ can add life to your years and give you a life that is worth living. Well, his name is wonderful. His name will be called Counselor. This takes care of the decisions of life. Did you know that God Almighty wants to personally give you direction? That he has a plan custom designed just for you? During this time of year, depression rates go up dramatically. More people check into hospitals. Suicide rates go up during this holiday season. Think of all the places where people look for answers today. Oh, they might go to a local bar or to psychics or consulting a horoscope for direction. Others actually pay to have life coaches. Well, some check Google trying to find answers, typing in, what is the meaning of life? Isn't that kind of pitiful? Well, actually, the other day I asked Siri, what is the meaning of life? And Siri answered, I don't know, but I think there is an app for that. So I asked her again, and then she replied, all evidence to date suggests it is chocolate. So I said, well, Siri, why am I here? And she answered, I don't know, and frankly, I've been wondering that myself. No need to go to Google or to Siri or to a psychic or to a psychologist for the answers of life. Everything you need to know about life and about God is found in the pages of your Bible. The Bible itself says all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. In Psalm 73, Asaph writes, You guide me with your counsel, and afterwards you will take me into your glory. So in this life and in the next, you will find no better counselor than your own creator and savior. Well, his name will also be called Mighty God, and this takes care of the demands of life. You know, guys never seem to have too much power. You put two men in a gym, and it's all about who can bench press the most or do the most curls. Now, if that's in a car, it's about how much horsepower you have. In fact, I have a friend who has a Mustang with over 500 horsepower. He actually let me drive it once, and afterwards he told me that he was adding more horsepower for bragging rights. When you think about it, the history of mankind has been the story of acquiring, using, and abusing power. First it was manpower, then it was horsepower, steam power, diesel power, and nuclear power. But what we seem to lack is willpower. The mighty God, however, is present with us to give us all the power we need to live the Christian life. Jesus wasn't a man who became God. That would be impossible. He was and is God who became man. The all-powerful eternal creator and God became a baby. Now, that's hard to wrap our minds around. That, though, is what Christmas is all about. The astounding, incomparable moment in human history when God became a man. Jesus was and is the mighty God. All the power you will ever need to live the Christian life is available for you. 
As the Apostle Peter wrote, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. You know, it is impossible to live the Christian life apart from the help of the Holy Spirit. But with his help, however, God will enable you to be the man or woman he has called you to be. There will be many people that are opening electronic gizmos this Christmas only to find out that their new toys don't work. So you know what they do? They call tech support. And those technicians are trained to always ask two questions before anything else. Question number one, is your device plugged in? Question number two, is your device turned on? You'd be amazed at how many people's devices don't work because they're not plugged in or turned on. You know, God might ask the same question of us. Are you plugged in? God will give you the power to live the life he has called you to live. Ah, his name will be called Everlasting Father. Now that takes care of the future of life. We know that life is more than what we are currently experiencing. The Bible teaches that you and I will live forever. That's a good thing, right? Not necessarily. It all depends on where you live forever. Hmm. You are an eternal soul. You are not a body that happens to have a soul. You are, as C.S. Lewis puts it, a soul wrapped in a body. The Bible teaches that one day your life on earth will end. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, your soul and your resurrected body will go into God's presence in heaven where you will live with him forever. If you are not a believer... The Bible teaches that you will spend all eternity separated from God. If you know the everlasting Father, however, you don't have to be afraid of that. Now, perhaps you have had a very strange and strained relationship with your dad. Perhaps that's the way it is right now. You think of God being Father, and it's rather difficult for you to relate to that. I understand. I never had a father growing up, never knew who he was. And when I came to Jesus Christ, it was so great to realize there was a Father in heaven who always would be there for me, would never abandon me, would never desert me, and would always take care of me. He will always be there, and he'll always be there for you as well, because he is your everlasting Father. Then his name will be called Prince of Peace. This takes care of the disturbances of life. In the storms of life, we long for peace. Life has friction, hardship, and difficulty. There are troubled homes, troubled cities, troubled people everywhere. But Jesus will be the Prince of Peace in your life. You won't find peace on a psychologist's couch, from drugs, in a human relationship, or in material possessions. You will find peace only in relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We remember the message the angels gave to the shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now that statement of the angels could better be translated, glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth among men and women with whom God is well pleased. You see, all of the problems we witness in the world today are the result of disobedience to God. Humanity itself has brought about the violence, unrest, turmoil, and war on this planet. And despite these things, you and I can have peace in the midst of the most troubled times and difficult situations. 
You know, even when the chaos rages all around, even in the midst of a storm, the worst storm, you can have peace because the Lord is your peace. Jesus said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. But before you can have the peace of God, you must first have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Isaiah 9 verse 6 tells us, And the government will be upon his shoulder. It will be, but it isn't yet. There is a space of many years between unto us a child is born and the government will be upon his shoulder. We are still waiting for that latter statement to come to pass because we know the government is not on his shoulders yet. The day is coming, however, when he will rule and reign righteously on earth. There will be no scandals, no economic meltdowns. But that day is still to come. It's in the future. Before Jesus takes the government on his shoulder, he had to first take up something else on his shoulder, a cross. He took that cross, and he died on it. If we miss why he came, we miss everything. Before there was a planet called Earth, much less a Garden of Eden or a city called Bethlehem, a decision was made in heaven, and that decision was that Jesus would come to Earth and die for us. So, Friends, what is in a name? If it is the name of Jesus Christ, then everything you need is in that name. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Indeed, his name is wonderful. This day, this night, call upon his name. Jesus, Messiah our Savior, our eternal hope. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for uh, a very clear indication of what the Son would be like. It is awesome to think about. One day we might stand in the very presence, those of us who put our faith in Jesus. You provided for us the means to do this not of our own righteousness, not of any goodness on our part, but on the goodness, the purity of Jesus. We thank you for his arrival on this earth. We celebrate that tonight. And we ask in the days ahead that we can be an influence in our world with that relationship, a way that will help lead others to come to faith. And in the process to see a changing world. And we pray these things in Jesus' name, a most wonderful name. Amen.